You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcast series are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I'm so glad to have you with us. We, we, uh, last week, we missed our episode. We had some technical difficulties, but you know how that is. I have an outstanding production team. They are absolutely uh, amazing. But sometimes you just have those technical stuff that happen. But we're back. And guess what? Last In our last session, we concluded our 100th uh, episode on uh, How to Win podcast. So this is our next 100 episodes. So thank you for being with us. We're talking about false beliefs that rob believers of their financial inheritance. False beliefs that rob believers of their financial uh, inheritance. Now, the theme of uh, this year, 2021, is Godly Prosperity. I'm teaching on Sundays, on our Sunday episodes, I'm teaching on how to prosper in bad times. The Spirit of God spoke to me at the start of the year, and he said to me, focus on mind renewal. Focus on mind renewal. So what we're talking about uh, most of the year is on Godly prosperity. Now, when you talk about mind renewal, the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the Holy Spirit said to me, focus on mind renewal, and that's what we're doing. The word renew means to make new. It means to renovate. When we entered the kingdom of God, when we received Christ, our spirits were made brand new. But we entered the kingdom with a mindset or a way of thinking that was out of alignment with God's will and God's thoughts and God's plan. In other words, we entered into the kingdom with a mindset that was worldly. And I said this in our first episode of Prospering in Bad Times. I said this, that the world's way of thinking is not enough, a struggle mentality, just enough, a survival mentality, and good enough, a complacency mentality. Well, God's intent for us as believers is to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, to be lenders and not borrowers. But for the most part, the body of Christ, Christians in particular, for the most part, we're not the head and we're, we're not leading in the area of finances. And I believe it's because of an unrenewed mind. So mind renewal is a process. So I want you to hang in there with me. I'll say some things that you've never heard before. I'll also say some things 
that you've heard, but my renewal involves repetition. So don't allow the repetition to offend you because I'm working on that mind renewal. Unrenewed mind hinders us from walking in the level of prosperity that God wants us to walk in. So we're dealing with false beliefs that rob believers of their financial inheritance. This is our second episode. In episode one, we talked about uh, the false belief that money is the root of all evil. Well, we're going to look at another false belief. And remember, we're talking, we're dealing with renewing our minds. We're going to look at another false belief, and I want to give it to you now. The Bible teaches that wealth, success, and prosperity will destroy a person. The Bible teaches, now this is a false belief, the Bible teaches that wealth, success, and prosperity will destroy a person. Now, I know when I was uh, growing up, even before I got saved as, as a kid, I had this thing in me, and you get it in church in, in a lot of cases, that there's something wrong with having money, having wealth, being successful. Is something wrong with prosperity. And you listen to a, 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 some Christians today, anytime you mention the word prosperity, is uh, for them, it sounds like a bad word. You know, it, it's profanity. It's almost like a curse word. So I want to ask you a question. When, when you hear uh, teaching on prosperity, are you an antagonist? Are you real critical? Oh, that's that wealth and health uh, prosperity teaches. Are you an antagonist? Are you defensive about the subject of prosperity? Did you get real defensive? Are you apologetic? Are you indifferent? Are you apathetic about teaching on prosperity? Are you sus suspicious? Are you, I just don't want to hear nothing about that. Can we talk about something else? Or are you open? Now, my job, my assignment is to help you to think in line with Scripture. So let's look at this and let's talk about this wealth, success, and prosperity thing. Does it destroy people? Well, let's look at the three words in the false belief. The word wealth, the word success, and the word prosperity. Now listen, let's talk about wealth. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, and I give you the text so that you can go back and, and look it up for yourself. In the New King James Version, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant. Now, I want to I read that again because I want you to meditate on these scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, and you shall remember 
the Lord your God, for it is he, the Lord your God, who gives you the power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant. Now, if wealth is inherently destructive or intrinsically wrong, God would be unkind, unloving, and irresponsible to give us the power to get something that would destroy us. Let's look at the word success. Does success destroy people? Well, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, in the New King James Version, says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, we're talking about success. Does success destroy people? If success is inherently destructive or intrinsically wrong, the Bible would instruct us, believers, Christians, to avoid being successful. However, here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, in the New King James Version, God tells us clearly how to be successful. Let's look at the word prosperity. The false belief that we're dealing with is that wealth, success, and prosperity will destroy a person. So let's look at the word prosperity as it is used in the scriptures. In Psalms 35, verse 27, the B, the latter part of the verse, in the New King James Version says, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I've got to, I got to quote that again. Proverbs, uh, Psalms 35, verse 27b, in the New King James Version, it says, Let the Lord be magnified who hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, again, let's examine this in the light of Scripture. If prosperity, and there's so many, oh, you're just talking about that prosperity, and we talk about it like it's some bad thing about prosperity. Now, the reason why this is so very important is because you, you cannot attract what you hate. If you have an aversion for prosperity and success and wealth and you, you e equate it with some wickedness or some evil, then you're never going to prosper on the level that God intends for you to prosper. So this text says that let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity 
of his servant. Again, if prosperity is inherently destructive or intrinsically wrong, God would be a sadist for getting pleasure out of something that brings pain and destruction to his people. No, 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 no. The scripture communicates to us that our prosperity, now I'm telling you, I had an unrenewed mind. I, I came into the kingdom with an unrenewed mind, and in the church, my mind got messed up. I remember uh, working this job, and I went on my lunch break. This is, be this is before I got called into ministry. I was a young believer, and I was sitting out in the hallway eating my lunch, and I was praying, and I said to God, I don't want much in life. Now, listen at this. And I love Jesus. I love God. I said, I don't want much in life. I just want to be comfortable. And there's so many Christians. See, I thought that was humility. I thought that was, uh, I thought there was something spiritual about that. I don't want much in life. I just want to be comfortable. Now, I didn't know that I had an unrenewed mind, and I didn't know that prayer was a selfish prayer, to just want to be comfortable, just want enough to, to make it, want just enough for yourself. And so many Christians, they have this aversion for prosperity. They, they got this thing, you know, because when I was raising up as a kid, you know, if you had a Cadillac, you had done something wicked. I mean, there was something you did wrong. And if you had a nice house or uh, you had a good business, there was something you did wrong. So many Christians have an unrenewed mind. Now, this is one of the texts that I meditate on it. I meditate on it, and I, I quoted it, and I looked at it, and I revolved it around in my thinking because I had this idea that there was something, something inherently wrong. If you had too much, you know, you had too much money or too much successful success or too much prosperity, you, you, you were bound to backslide. You were going to do something wrong. Now, listen to me. I meditated on this and broke that, that, un, that, that stinking way of thinking. This text says that prosperity brings God's pleasure. It says that our prosperity magnifies God. Now, man, when I, th I start thinking about this, and I, I start thinking, my prosperity brings God pleasure. He has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, and I was definitely serving him. Oh, I had turned my back on the world. But I didn't know that my prosperity brought God pleasure. Now, once my mind began to get renewed, I said, okay, I want to please God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you want to please? You really want to please God. Come on, raise your hand. I can see you. Raise your hand. You really want to please God. Well, the scripture says that your prosperity, when you prosper, it brings pleasure to him. 
Now, the converse would be true. When I am struggling, not enough. I just don't have not enough. I'm in a struggle state. When I'm in a survival state, just enough, God said to me this year, many years ago, he said, my people are working every day and barely making it. Working every day, barely making it. Living a hand-to-mouth existence. Can't miss a payday. Everything goes out of whack. Listen, I, if our prosperity brings him pleasure, then our struggle and our lack and our inability displeases him. Now, I'm not talking about you as a person. No, no, no. Money doesn't give you worth. Money doesn't give you value. Success doesn't give you worth. Success doesn't give you value. Wealth and, and, and prosperity doesn't make you more important in the eyes of God. No, no. Receiving Christ, being a part of his family, gives you worth. We're not talking about that. But when you're in a struggle state, now I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to motivate you because this motivated me. This motivated me. I wanted to get a, I wanted to prosper to please him. My prosperity pleases God. So my lack, my inability, my insufficiency, my struggle, my survival mentality, it doesn't please God. It doesn't make him feel good. God doesn't feel great and excited when you're struggling. God doesn't I clap his hand and cheer you on because you're making it from payday to payday. No, that doesn't please God. What pleases God is when you prosper. Now, I just use a natural illustration, just a natural illustration. I have a son and I have a daughter, Tiffany uh, and Michael are my son and daughter. God gave me another daughter, Alandra. So I, my kids, my desire is not, and I'm human now, my desire is not that my kids struggle. I don't want them to struggle. I don't want them to barely make it. I don't want them to not have enough. I don't, listen, if I'm a human parent, and I want my kids, my children, to get ahead. I want them to prosper. I want them to live in a nice home, and I want them to drive nice cars, and I, I want them to be successful. I want them to be able to help people. Think about it. I want them to achieve their dreams and achieve their goals. Well, where did I get that from? Who gave me that? God put that in my heart. Every good parent wants the best for their children. So why would God want you to prosper, not prosper? Why would God feel some uh, excitement when you're barely making it? This text, Psalms 3527b, says, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now watch this. Watch this. It says, let the Lord be magnified. So we talked about how our prosperity pleases God, but our prosperity also magnifies God. 
enlarge him, make him bigger. Now, I know you're thinking, how can we make God bigger? You know, think about it. God is big all by himself. No, no, I'm not talking about him and his person on an individual level. We can't add anything to God, but it's something about when the world looks at us and sees us walking in his prosperity and in his favor because the unsaved man can't see God. The unsaved man sees us. So when they see us, God's children, prosper, it, it builds an image of them of a good God. That is a good God, the prosperous kids like that. The Bible says that in, in Psalms 23, it says, it's, it talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. And it talks about how he leads us in the paths of righteousness. And if you, if you discuss that, if you uh, look at that word righteousness, it means he leads us in the paths of prosperity and he does it for his name's sake. So as a parent, I'm talking about a natural parent, when people look at my children, it says something about me. If you have small children and they go to school and they're, they're, they, they're half-dressed, their hair are not, not combed, uh, they don't have lunch money, they don't have anything, they don't have the supplies that they need, and when you look at them, they're dirty, they're not clean. The first thing we think about is, who are, those, who are the parents of, uh, of this child right here? Why? Because the kids are a reflection on the parents. So when we prosper and we're ahead, get ahead, and we tell folk, God blessed me with this. God gave me this. God gave me this position. God increased me then to the unsaved man, it gets his attention because the unsaved man doesn't know God as a father. So we magnify him in the eyes of the unsaved. When I began to get my mind renewed to these realities that it pleases God, that my prosperity pleases God, now I had a different motive for wanting to prosper. Now I understood I want to please my father, and my prosperity helps me to please him. Now, you said, well, I've never heard it put like that. Well, you heard it today, and I hope that it builds faith on the inside of you. Now, let's change gears. The Bible teaches that wealth, success, and prosperity will destroy a person. That is a false belief. We looked at the word wealth, success, and prosperity. Now, let's talk about what the Bible really says. Let's look at what the Bible really says. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an overview of what we're going to say the rest of the way, and then we'll come back and look at each area. Well, what the Bible really says is that prosperity destroys a fool. The second thing that the Bible teaches is that wrong methods of acquiring wealth will destroy a person. 
What the Bible really says is the wrong use of wealth will destroy a person. What the Bible really says is that the wrong attitude concerning wealth will destroy people. Now, let's go back and see what the Bible really says about wealth, success, and prosperity. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32, in the King James Version, it says, the prosperity of a fool will destroy him. The prosperity of a fool will destroy him. So quickly, let's see what the Bible says about a fool, and then you evaluate yourself and see whether or not you're a fool. The, the Bible says in Psalms 14, verse 1, the fool says there is no God. Is that you? Do you think that there's no God? Because if you think that there's no God, the Bible says that you're a fool. The Bible says that fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's Proverbs 1, 7, a fool despised. They don't want to hear any instruction from the word. They don't want to hear uh, the wisdom of God from the world, from the word of God. That's a fool. Is that you? The Bible says in Proverbs 12, verse 15, it says fools are right in their own eyes. Do you think you're always right? Do you think you're always right and everybody else is wrong? If you think you're always right and everyone else is always wrong, then you're a fool. The Bible also says that fools trust in their own understanding. That's Proverbs 28, 26. Now, when you look at the, let me ask you the question. Will, are you open to listen to others? Are you open to listen to authorities? Are you open to being taught, being instructed? Will you look outside of your understanding and maybe you can understand something from someone else? Then you're not a fool. Now listen, the Bible says that prosperity will destroy a fool. And here's the good news. You don't have to be a fool. So the issue is not running from wealth and running from success and avoiding prosperity. The issue is don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a fool? In the light of what I said about the scripture, are you a fool? Now, what this is going to do is going to renew your mind and get all that, that antagonistic thinking about prosperity, and you're going to desire it, and you're not going to feel bad about it. You're not going to be apologetic about it because you are thinking in line with what the Scripture. So what does the Scripture really say? The Scripture says, that wrong methods of acquiring wealth will destroy a person. 
wrong meth methods of gaining wealth. If, if you go the wrong way, if you approach it the wrong way, it will destroy you. Now listen at this. There are proper ways to gain wealth, increase. Let's look at that. Honest labor is a proper way. Legitimate gifts is a proper way. Legitimate investments, you're in investing in legitimate things. Inheritance, someone wills you money or wills you wealth, that's legitimate. Insurance payments, that's legitimate. Awards or judgments in, in your favor due to the violation of your rights. And th that's what the courts are established for. A part of what the courts are established is to protect your rights. So when your rights are violated, legitimately violated, and you receive an award or judgment, that's a legitimate way. On the other hand, there are improper ways to gain, acquire wealth and acquire money. Let's look at some illegitimate or improper ways. Proverbs 15.27, Proverbs 15.27 in the New American Standard Bible says, He who profits illicitly troubles his own house. i read that again. That's Proverbs 15.27, the New American Standard Bible. It says, He who profits illicitly troubles his own house. Now, there are, there are a host of ways to profit illicitly. I just mentioned a few, but this is not an exhaustive list. Stealing is an improper way. Lying is an improper way. Cheating is an improper way. Selling illegal drugs is an improper way. Selling or buying stolen merchandise. Well, I didn't steal it. No, buying or selling stolen merchandise is an improper way. Giving sexual favors is an improper way. Prostitution is an improper way. That's what the Bible is talking about. It, it, it is against gaining wealth in an improper way. Now, Proverbs, now don't turn me off when I get to this, Proverbs 13, 11. Proverbs, and I want you to go back and meditate. See, I meditated on the word, and it's a process. It's a process. You have to hear it and hear it and hear it, and then you renovate your thinking God has many blessings he's flowing toward you, but much of the time it's our thinking. So listen at this. Proverbs, and we're talking about wrong methods of acquiring wealth, the short person. Not the wealth, the wrong methods of acquiring. Proverbs 13, 11. I want you to write this one down because I know you got some friends. They love to go to Mississippi. Proverbs 13, 11, and the New Living Translation says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from get-rich-quick 
quick schemes. Get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. The Amplified Bible says, wealth not earned but won in haste. Wealth not earned but won in haste. I believe we can put gambling in that category. I know you like I know you like to gamble, but remember now, we're talking about a renewed mind. We're talking about a renewed mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk in in the near future on one of our episodes on prospering in bad times. We're looking at the laws that govern prosperity in the kingdom. I'm gonna talk about the law of growth the law of growth, because the world has this get-rich-quick scheme mentality. Prosperity in the kingdom usually is a process. So listen at this. Gambling fall under this heading of of wealth, get-rich-quick schemes. Gambling is betting on an uncertain, and I got my, I got my, uh, I got my uh, thing here, and I see you sending me some questions. That's good. That's good. I'll answer your questions at the end. Gambling is betting on an uncertain outcome. Betting is bad stewardship. Gambling is the world's way to get ahead. I, I, I know you. I know you. I know you're sitting up straight now because you got all your numbers and. And, and they right now, I think the lotto is up to $800 million, close to a billion. You got all your family members. They got their number, and, and you just waiting for your number to hit. And, and, but here's what the script teaches. It is the world's way of getting ahead. This is my opinion, and you can agree with it or you can disagree with it. Gambling... It's legalized exploitation. Gambling is legalized. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to hell if you gamble. I'm not saying that. It's not an attack. I'm just trying to renew your mind, trying to get your mind renewed. We come into the kingdom with a mindset, a way of thinking that is out of alignment with God. Now, listen at this. I believe that gambling is legalized exploitation. You say, well, Mike, why do you say, why do you say it's legalized exploitation? Why, why do you say it's legalized? In order for a few to win, many must lose. You have to understand, these are companies, these are corporations, these are business, businesses. The gambling industry is designed to make money. The people who own casinos, they, they have a profit motive. They, wanna, they want to make money, to gain a profit. You cannot gain a profit if you've given all the money away. I believe that gambling is legalized exploitation because in order for a few to win, many must lose, and that's the nature of gambling. You've got some people, they win here, they win there. Some win a little bit more than others, but millions of people are losing. Think about that. Millions of people are losing 
So in order for a few to win, many have to lose. So what does the Bible says? Number one is it says that that prosperity will destroy a fool. It says wrong methods of acquiring wealth will destroy a person. Then thirdly, it says wrong use of wealth. If we use wealth in a wrong way, it can destroy us. In Luke chapter 15, uh, there's the parable beginning at verse 11, the parable of the prodigal. Uh, A certain man had two sons. The young son came to the father and said, I want my inheritance. I want it early. I want it before you die. And the Bible says he gained, got all the wealth, his inheritance, and he went out into a foreign land, and the Bible says he wasted his substance with riotous living. In other words, he wasted his substance through immoral living, wasteful living, undisciplined living, and bad stewardship. So the wrong use of wealth, riotous living, immoral living, wasteful living, when we're wasting money, we're just wasting it. I, you know, I, I'll talk about this in one of my episodes about how many professional athletes who sign multi-million dollar contracts end up broke in a few years after they leave the league. Well, why is that? They make more money than the average person. It's, it's, it's a small window of opportunity for them. So they have to make it quick because they're not going to be working as long in that arena for a long period of time. But they make enough money, if invested right, to live a prosperous life the rest of their lives. But most professional athletes, they end their career broke. That's documented fact. Many of them end their careers broke. And much of it has to do with waste, wasting, wasting. Well, you know, in moral living, if you're spending money on prostitutes and and pornography and and all kinds of things like that, naturally, that is the wrong use of money, waste, undisciplined. You know, sometimes we can use a good thing. I think credit cards, there's nothing wrong with credit cards. I use credit cards all the time. And we live in an age now where you have to have a credit card to even do business. You can't rent a car without a rent. You can't reserve a hotel. I mean, you have to have a credit card in this day and time. So it's not the credit card. It's not even credit. It is undisciplined, the undisciplined use of credit and debt. That's bad stewardship. Sometimes you can waste money. Uh, on people who are bad stewards. You you look at parents who give money to their uh, relatives who don't want to work, or you giving money to people who don't want to work. That's a waste of money. I mean, I think it's a waste of money. Giving money to people who who will use the money to 
satisfy an addiction. That's a waste of money. That's why we need to be strategic in our giving. I personally believe that not tithing is a waste of resources. So the wrong use of wealth, the wrong use of wealth will destroy a person. And then finally, I'll close with this, the wrong attitude concerning wealth will destroy people. The wrong attitude. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, we quoted it. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth you the power to gain wealth. The 17th verse, Deuteronomy 8, 17, he says, beware lest you say, my hand and my might has gotten me this wealth. That's a whole different attitude. To have God as your source and to trust God is one attitude. To think that your source of position and prosperity came through your own hands and my hard work and it was my smarts that got me this wealth, that's a bad attitude. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world, not that they give their, all their money away, that they throw their money away. It says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Now notice here, an attitude of high-mindedness an attitude of trusting your wealth, these are bad attitudes. When you gain wealth and you feel like you are above people or you are better than people, you have an arrogant mindset, uh, you, you think you can take your wealth and, and destroy people and be prejudiced toward people and all these kind of things, it's the attitude that will destroy the person. It's not the wealth. It's not the money. It's the attitude. Now, I want you to think for a moment. We're talking about mind renewal, and I'm going to be very repetitious. I'm going to say some things that you've heard, but what I'm trying to do is God is trying to break that survival mentality, that struggle mentality, that complacency mentality, and all the false stuff that we've heard about money, wealth, possessions, and all these things, God is not against you prospering. God is against you being a fool. God is against you acquiring it the wrong way. God is against you... Uh, uh, using it the wrong way, and God is against a bad attitude. And I'm telling you, when you have the right priorities and you have the right motive, when you have your trust in the right place, I am telling you, God will bless you and increase you. He'll give you money. He'll give you wealth. He'll give you prosperity because it pleases him when his people prosper. Now, 
We've covered two false beliefs. We're going to look at a third one in our next session. But remember what we're doing, renewing your mind. Your biggest problem is not your lack of money. Your biggest problem is between your ears. It's your mind. Once your mind is renewed, you'll see that wealth will begin to flow toward you. But an unrenewed mind, your subconscious will push it away. You'll think it's not a big deal, too much talking about that, I don't want to hear that. And people like that, you're not going to prosper in the kingdom. I got several questions here. Let's move to our questions. What if the... What if the responsibility intimidates you? A bigger house is big, like more upkeep. Is that maybe a fear? Well, sometimes people are afraid of prospering. And I think that's a great question. Sometimes they're a little intimidated because they they can't see themselves maintaining it. But see, that's a wrong attitude. If God gives you a bigger house, if God gives you a bigger house, won't he give you the ability to maintain it? Think about it. The same God who gave you the house, he'll give you the ability to maintain it. But that is a, that is a big, that is a great question because I'll be honest with you, I think I was a little intimidated I wonder, could I handle it? I think in a, a sort of way, I was a little afraid of prospering. And I think some Christians, they have a comfort zone. I mean, I'm, comfort, I'm, I'm comfortable here. But see, your dependency should be on God regardless, whether the house is small or the house is medium-sized or the house is large. The Bible says, charge them that are rich in this world, watch this, that they be not high-minded, now watch this, nor trust in it, and uncertain riches. Yes, the riches are uncertain, so God said don't trust in it. No matter what your level of prosperity is, don't trust in it. I am much more, I'm trying to say it right, more prosperous than I was 20 years ago, but I don't trust it. I live in a big house. I live in a big house, but that that house doesn't change me. It's more comfortable than the house, the little house that I was in. It has more amenities, but I, I don't think I'm more important because I have the house. I just see the house as a blessing. And Pete and I, my wife, nickname is Pete, and I was talking about, I mean, we were just lying in the bed, and we were talking about, think about it. Here God has blessed us like this. We weren't thinking, oh, we're just better than people, and we, we, we're, we're somebody now. We, we've never thought that. We've never thought that. See, the house doesn't have to change you. The money doesn't have to change you. You can be you and be blessed, but that's a really good question because I think many Christians, they are afraid to prosper. In fact, years ago, the Holy Spirit said this to me. I'm serious. He said to me, he said, let me prosper you. 
led me, that tells me that there was something in my, my mind, an unrenewed part of my thinking that was hindering God. He was literally begging me, let me prosper you. And so many Christians, they are afraid to prosper. Great question. Second question, more prosperity comes, more responsibility. Yeah, all right. There, there is more responsibility, uh, financial responsibility, um, guarding your attitude responsibility. Yeah, it's more responsibility. But as I said in the first question, the same God who blessed you with the prosperity he can keep you in the prosperity. You don't have to go crazy because you prosper. It's a choice. You choose your attitudes. But these are great questions. Third question, is your prosperity linked to you being connected to the pastor and the church? Oh, that is a good question. Boy, I love these questions. Is your prosperity, Mike, connected to being a pastor and connected to the church? <laughs> That's good. Listen. That is good. Think about it. This is my, I started pastoring in 1980. I'm moving toward my 41st year of pastoring. A lot of those years, I wasn't prospering. <laughs> I was the pastor of the church. I, you know, I got a salary from the church, but I wasn't prospering. You know, the first church I pastored, I got $100 a, a month. No, trust me. It ain't because the church is big either. Listen, everything I'm teaching, I'm doing. The law of mind renewal, I get it, I got in that word and I meditate. The law of words, I've been confessing the word, the law of giving and receiving. I'm one of the biggest givers in our church. It's not, it's not, it's not, oh, you're a pastor. And no, there are pastors of large churches that don't do as well as I do or don't do well at all. And there are many pastors that are struggling. I mean, struggling, struggling. They are living from payday to payday, from a hand-to-mouth existence. I know it may seem like, okay, you got a big church, and because you got a big church, that's why you prospering. No, no, no. If I don't do what I'm teaching, it's not going to prosper. I am a giver. I meditate in the word. Listen, I confess the word. You're not going to hear junk coming out of my mouth. I don't talk about, oh, I can't make this and I don't, can't do this. I stop talking like that before I start prospering. I start giving before I had a big house. I started doing the exact same thing. And the people who know me best will tell you that. The people who know my parts of my private life will tell you he ain't always lived in no big house and he, 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 he ain't always could take a vacation. But that is a wonderful question because that is in people's minds. Third question, uh, a part of that third question, uh, is your prosperity linked to you being connected to the, the past, connected to the past and church? God directs you to well, now I, I read part of that question. Now, when I'm reading it now, I'm seeing something that you may have been asking something else. Is your prosperity, and, and I apologize, but what I said was important anyway. 
Uh, is your prosperity linked to you being connected to the pastor and the church God directs you to? I think a part of it is. Yeah, I, I, I think a part of your prosperity is being connected to the pastor and the church God directs you to because that's a part of your obedience. Now, listen to me carefully, and, and I'm glad I read that question again because I see you were asking something totally different. I don't think, I think it's critical where you go to church. I think it's critical to who you're sitting under consistently because the information that you're receiving on a consistent basis is going to impact the quality of your life. And, and, and there are a lot of wonderful pastors in our city. If you're sitting under a quality word, where people are teaching you practically, and there are a number of pastors in our city doing this, teaching you practically how to live out the scriptures and how to walk, it is a connection to you. And I think God will never connect you to something or someone or some church where you're not going to prosper. I just don't think God would do that. So I think that is a, a wonderful question, and I'm glad I, it, it, it had different phases to it. Or can you just prosper just applying biblical principles? They go together. Um, on the one hand, there are some people, think about people in some rural areas who may not be able to get to a church or whatever, and they, but they're still watching online and they're still gathering. Your prosperity primarily is going to be your understanding of biblical principles and especially those concerning prosperity, and it's going to be based primarily on how you function and how you operate on the word. The bottom line on it is going to, it's going to be based on how you operate on the word. But those are, are just absolutely great questions. Here's another question. Uh, do you believe burning CDs to share with others is illegal? Ah. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, you know. Here's my thoughts on it, and, and you may disagree. Some people may disagree with this. Some people, or some pastors, may have a problem with it. I think it has a lot to do with who you burn CDs from. Uh, if, if you're taking somebody's music and you're reproducing that music, then I think that that's wrong right there. You, you're trying to reproduce that person's music and trying to get around from paying for it. I think that's, I think that's wrong, okay? If it's teaching and the pastor doesn't care about it, because see me, I just want to get the word out. Listen, I want to get the word out. Um, doesn't bother me. But when you got copyrighted material and you're reproducing somebody else's copyright material uh, and you're getting around investing in that ministry or investing in that thing or whatever, I think that's I think that's wrong. I think that's I think it's illegal too. Uh, I think that's a good question. Over a period of time, I sold into someone in prison. Sadly, he would get released on parole, but end up back in prison within less than a year. 
after the third time, God instructed me not to sow into him anymore because he wanted me to be a good steward over what he blessed me with. He showed me good ground to sow into. That's a comment, and I think that's good. I think you cannot continue to sow into bad ground and prosper. And if God tells you where to sow and where not to sow, you obey God. But I think that's a great comment. Here's the last comment that I have. Thank you, Pastor Mike. I needed this mind renewal. I thought having enough to be comfortable with the way I needed to be. I really appreciate this lesson. Now I know God has pleasure in my prosperity. As we, I want to close by saying this. I'm not apologetic about prosperity. I don't apologize. I don't apologize for saying God wants you to prosper individually. I think he wants you to prosper individually in your personal life. And I'm not apologetic about that. But I also understand that when you get a full concept of prosperity, God is blessing us to have more than enough so that we can be a blessing to his kingdom, we can be a blessing to the poor, that we can be a blessing to our families, we can be a blessing to all those he directs us in, but if you're living a hand-to-mouth existence from payday to payday, just survival, you're never going to be the channel of blessing that God intends for you to believe. So I'm glad that your mind is being renewed. Don't resist the repetition. Don't say, I've heard that, I know that. No, 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 no. No, repetition is a part of mind renewal. And I'm like this, and I, and I close here. Really... Your need to hear can be graded by your level of manifestation, okay? If you are wealthy and you got plenty and you feel like you can want to study something else, are great. Most Christians are not in that position. Most positions may know a lot, but when you look at the manifestation in their lives, you don't see manifestation, and that's the way I am. I have prospered, but I'm not where God has uh, uh, prophetically said to me he wanted me to be. So I have to keep renewing my mind. I keep doing it. I'm listening to the word on a regular basis because God takes us from glory to glory, from increase to more increase to better increase. And so God will take you as far as you can believe. Well, we'll stop here. Thank you so very much. Enjoyed this time with you. I love you. We'll see you next time. All right. <laughs>